the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If God wrote a letter to our church today, what would it say? If I had one thing to say, I I would just say it's wasted potential. I've given you so much. There are literally millions of people within a few miles of your church. You need to repent. Repent. Make me the most important thing in your life. Make me the Lord of everything. Don't just make me something you do on Sunday. Make me the most important thing on Monday and Tuesday and through the rest of the week. And if you do that, what can I do for you? I know. You'll survive the big one. Well, there are no guarantees about surviving the big one, but we do have assurances of what God said to the Apostle John as he wrote to seven early churches in the book of Revelation. Next, as we lift up Jesus. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. Have you ever asked yourself the question, who is Jesus or what does it mean to be saved? How about questions like, what is eternity? Or is there a real God and where is he when I'm really suffering? These are just some of the topics we explore every day on this program. In these challenging times, we believe that God's word is the source to all our answers. So if you can, get out your Bibles. And let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us today. Last week we learned that the Apostle John was the one who wrote uh, all of this during the time of Roman persecution. And it was written in a coded language so that if a Roman soldier read it and he saw a talking eagle and a flying horse and locusts the size of horses and a dragon and a beast with seven heads... He would think this is all silliness, but uh, to the people that read it, the Christians who lived in those seven churches, they understood everything I believe that John was writing down uh, because they knew the, the, the apocryphal language. Today, as we look at these seven churches, every church has what's called a golden lampstand. Every church, all seven, they each have a golden lampstand. Now, where does the golden lampstand come from? Well, that's one of those 500 references that we find way back in the Old Testament. The lampstand, if you remember, or what we know today as the menorah, when the Israelites were were going from Egypt and they were in the wilderness, they were not yet in the promised land. For 40 years, they were wandering around. God instructed, gave very specific details that they were to build a tabernacle, which was basically a portable place to worship. Inside this portable sanctuary, the, the tabernacle, Inside there was a thing called the holy place. And the holy place was that place where, where God resides. And the symbol, the thing inside the holy place, that golden lampstand represented the presence of God. And today, just as in the churches in the book of Revelation, the church today still represents the light of God in a world that has gone astray. Now, these seven churches have five things in common, all right? All seven churches have these five things. 
First thing is that as he starts talking, he always paints a picture of what Jesus Christ looks like, all right? He says something about Christ. It's a picture of Jesus. Then he says something good. Then he points to something bad in the church. And then he gives a warning. And then he gives a reward, if you'll do what he tells you. So let's start with the book, uh, the first letter, the first church, the church of Ephesus. And I want you to write this down. Ephesus was a church where their love, their love had grown cold. Ephesus was a large city of about 250,000 people. We also know that it was built in the year 133 before the time of Christ. They were famous for their temple of Diana, which you can read about in Acts chapter 19. The temple of Diana was four times larger than Parthenon and at one time was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. One of the seven wonders of the ancient world was the temple of Diana in Ephesus. Now Jesus is pictured as the one who holds the lampstand. The good that they had done, they had worked hard and they had persevered, but he said, I've got a a little bad. The bad is that you have lost your first love. Look at verse 4. He says, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Verse 5, remember the height from which you have fallen. And then you have this word, repent. It's all the way through these seven churches. Repent and do the things you did at first. And then he says, if you do not, I will come to you and I will remove your lampstand from its place. All right, now that scared them, okay, because they knew they, did, they didn't want that to happen. But he says, if you'll repent, here's the reward. What does he say? I will give you the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Ephesus, outside the city, there was a grove of trees. And in that grove of trees, they believed that this woman, Diana, that this temple was named after, they believed that she was actually born underneath one of those trees in that grove of trees outside Ephesus. And the one tree that she was born under, they, called, they used to call that the tree of life. That's what the Ephesians called it. And Jesus, you see, he says, hey, if you'll repent and you'll start to love me and make me the most important thing in your life and stop loving these other things, if you'll love me more than anything else, guess what? I'm going to give you the right to eat from the tree of life, but I'm not talking about that tree of life out there where that false god Diana was born. I'm talking about the tree of life up there in heaven where the paradise of God can be found. That was the message to the church in Ephesus. Second is Smyrna. Smyrna is the suffering church. This is modern-day Izmir. This, this, all these churches are in the area we know today as modern-day Turkey, 35 miles north of Ephesus. It was founded not by the Romans a, a, a hundred years earlier. This city was founded a thousand years. This, this city was a thousand years old. And that's why Jesus is pictured as the Alpha and the Omega. He just wants them to know right off the bat that he was here a long time before you got here. And I'll be here a long time when you're gone too. He just wants them to know he is the Alpha and the Omega. The good that they had done, they had endured through the trials and persecution. he He was saying, good job, good job. You've done a good thing. But the bad, he said, some of them were still afraid. I, I mean, and we're the same way, even though we know, we know that God can protect us, some of us are still afraid here today. 
Even though you know God can see you through, there's still some here today who are frightened. And and, and that's what the writer of Revelation is saying. He's saying, God is happy that you've endured, but some of you are still afraid, and, and you shouldn't be afraid. And so he gives this warning, and it's not really, you know, it's a little strange, but he says, be faithful even to the point of death. In other words, he's saying, you could die. That's the warning. Uh, you, you need to keep going, being strong, even if you die. But he says the reward, if you'll stay faithful, what is the reward? He said, I will give you what the Bible calls the crown of life. Look at chapter 2, verse 10. It says, do not be afraid of what you're about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you. And you will suffer persecution for 10 days. And be faithful even to the point of death. And I will give you the crown of life. And I believe that God allows those testings to happen in our life. But over and over the Bible says, if you're faithful, I will give you the crown of life. And what Jesus is saying is if you will, if you will be faithful and don't quit and don't give up and don't get discouraged, even if you die, don't worry about it. Yeah, you will resurrect. I will give you the crown of life. I'm not talking about the crown of Smyrna. I'm going to give you the crown of life, which is eternal life found only in Christ Jesus. That was the message to Smyrna. (laughs) Pergamum is the worldly church. They were known for their library. They had the second largest library in the world next to Alexandria. And they also had many false gods. They had all these false gods, these false idols, and in the midst of all that, Jesus is pictured in verse 12 as a two-edged sword. Look at verse 12. These are the words of him who has the sharp, double-edged sword. Now, we know what that is because Hebrews 4.12 tells us that the Bible is sharper than a double-edged sword. And so in the midst of all these books and all this library and all these false gods, Jesus is pictured as the one who is truth. Can someone say amen? Now the good, the good is in verse 13. He says, I know where you live. And I want all of you to know that God knows where you live as well. But he says, I know where you live, where Satan has his throne, yet you remain true to my name. So he was thankful that so many of them had stayed faithful to his name. The bad is that some of them had been carried away by some of the false teachers. And sexual immorality had come into, the, into their midst. And so he gives them this warning in verse 16. He basically says that the sword in his mouth, this double-edged sword, will bring judgment. And the reward, if they'll repent and not follow those false gods, he will give them hidden manna, which is Jesus pictured as the bread of life, and he will give them a white stone. And back in those days, when the uh, athletes, when they competed, if you won an event, they gave you what was called a, a white stone. And that white stone was your VIP ticket, so that when you got to the banquet, you got in if you handed in your, your VIP pass, which is that white stone. And what the Lord is saying is that if you repent, then I will give you everlasting life, the bread of life, uh, manna I will provide for you, and you will be given a white stone, which means that you're going to have entrance into your heavenly home, and all God's people said. Now, Thyatira, and this is the last one we'll look at, uh, they were a church that tolerated sin. They were the Las Vegas church. (laughs) This was the original sin city. And Jesus is pictured as what? One who has blazing eyes, which means what? 
It means that he can see, that he searches, he can see the hearts and soul of men. Now the good, and this is one of my favorite verses in, in, the, in these churches, this was a growing church. Because look at verse 19, it says, he goes, I know your deeds, I know your love, I know your faith and your service and your perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. Now you got in and not only loved me, you went beyond, you have been growing, you are a growing church. But the bad, he says, is that sexual immorality had crept in. There was a false prophetess by the name of Jezebel. And Jezebel, uh, that false idol, and false religion taught members of the church to engage in sexual immorality and to eat food that had been sacrificed to idols. And so Jesus gives this warning that those who engage in sexual immorality will become infected with diseases and judgment will fall. And the reward, he says, if you'll repent, you'll stop engaging in sexual immorality. The reward is I'm going to give you the morning star. And what is the star? Well, we know because at the very end of the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 22, we find these words. Jesus says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches that I am the root. I am the offspring of David, and I am the bright morning star. And so what Jesus was saying to the church there, he was saying that if you will follow me and repent and stop committing sexual immorality, I'm going to hand you myself. You will experience me and all of my fullness. And I'm thankful that God was willing to reveal that to that particular church. Now, write down five, six, and seven all at the same time. Sardis was a dead church. Philadelphia was the faithful church. And Laodicea was the lukewarm church. Now, here's the thing. As I've read through all this, I reached these conclusions. Number one, write this down. If God knew what was going on in those churches, God knows the details of our church as well. Now, I know there's a lot of good things that our church does, things that you probably wouldn't know. You just wouldn't know, but God knows. We have a retreat this weekend called The Encounter. We have about 50 men who took the whole weekend off, and they're, they're at that retreat, and they're trying to become better husbands and better fathers and become men of God. Friday night, I spoke up uh, at the Oaks camp. There, uh, we had uh, the leadership of the Vine. Vine is our Sunday night service with uh, Pastor Phil. And, and I went up, they're up there for the whole weekend. I went up for one hour on Friday night and just spoke to them. But right now, while we're here, there's 40 young people, ages between 19 and 24, up there in the mountains. And they're working and they're praying and they're seeking God's will because they want to come down and make a difference in this valley when they return. You might not know this, but up in uh, Valencia, about 10, 11 years ago, we started a church up in Valencia. We call it our daughter church, and uh, it's called uh, Real Life Church, and they, they, uh, they run about 3,000 people in church now. Okay, we just took some people and said, go start a church. It now runs about 3,000. Well, today, they are starting their first church. They're starting a church out in Ventura, so we have a granddaughter, a church out there in Ventura. So there's all kinds of lives that have changed. Marriages have been put back together. So many souls have been saved. And I believe as God looks down upon our church, he sees all that is good, but he also sees all that is bad. He knows those of us who are here who have fallen away. 
He knows those of us who are following false gods. He knows those of us who are engaged in sexual immorality. He knows that we have some who are addicted to drugs and to alcohol and pornography. He knows that some of us are lukewarm. He looks down and he sees all of us, which is my second point. We're all in this thing together. Oh, yes, we're part of the church. And God looks down and he sees all of us, both the good and the bad. He sees it all. He knows it all. But we're in this thing together. You can't say, well, they got a bunch of good people in that church. It's okay if I'm one of the bad people in the church. No, you see what, it doesn't matter what happens inside these four walls because what happens inside these four walls on Sunday is a good thing. Church is about what happens when you get outside these four walls. That's what really matters. And God, the message is number three, his desire. God's message is for us to repent, to be faithful. If he wanted them to repent, he wants us to repent. In fact, he says repent eight times. Repent, 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 repent. When was the last time you went to a church and heard the preacher say to the congregation, we need to repent, but that's what God wants. No matter who you are, if you have drifted away, God's desire is for you to repent and to come back to where you're supposed to be. That's what God wants. If not, number four, if not, judgment awaits. It awaits, just like it awaited for them, it awaits for us. Because you see, God hasn't changed. He still holds in his hands the lampstand of this church. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He still has that two-edged sword. He still has his blazing eyes. He still is the one who is holy. He is the one who is true. He is the one who is the great amen. He is the one who is faithful. He is the one who is the true witness. Read through those churches and whatever description of Jesus you find, he's still the same today. And the whole, the whole thing is this. If you repent and you'll just simply come back and start loving him the way you should love him and stop being lukewarm, if you'll come back, number five, we can be victorious. We will be victorious. The thing I want to share with you is I just imagine. Now, this is just all imagination, okay? How many of you have imaginations? I sat down and thought about what if the Lord wrote us a letter? What if he tapped John and said, hey, John, here's, here's a letter for the church of Shepherd over there. What would it say? Here's what I think it would say. To the church at Shepherd, you have a nice name. I want all of you who live there near Hollywood to know this. That I am the only one that truly dances with stars. I am the star of all stars. In fact, every star you've ever seen, I, I placed it up there and I gave it its name. You have the most ugliest grimiest stars on some street down there and you think that's special 
I am the Lord of all nations. It is not the United Nations, and it is not the United States government. I am the Lord of all nations. My grace, my grace. See, how would they they know what I was talking about? My grace is wider than the ocean. And I want you to know that I know your deeds. And I've heard of your faith. You there at Shepherds, you are, you are richly blessed. In fact, you're blessed beyond most churches. In fact, I'm not even sure you know how blessed you are. With all that talent and all that music and that preaching and, and that location, I, well, I gave you the best location of all the churches I've ever given a location to. And I will say this about you, Shepherd. You really love your community because you are, you are really good at doing special events. I've never seen a church, never seen a church. Stuff like that, 4th of July and the, you know, the beach baptisms and the passion play and you put all those little flags out there on Renault. You, you guys are great at special events. But the thing that saddens me is that there's still those of you that are not fully sold out. Too many of you still do not share your faith. Too many of you are not involved. Too many of you have compromised. Why, some of you, I can't even tell the difference between you and those that are in the world. So, so many of you have yet to tithe. So many of you have yet to surrender, surrender anything. So many of you are just like Hollywood. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's just a facade, but inside there's nothing there. If I had one thing to say, I, I would just say it's wasted potential. I've given you so much There are literally millions of people within a few miles of your church. You need to repent. Repent. Make me the most important thing in your life. Make me the Lord of everything. Don't just make me something you do on Sunday. Make me the most important thing on Monday and Tuesday and through the rest of the week. And if you do that, what can I do for you? Let me think. How will they relate? I know. You'll survive the big one. I don't know. I'm just making all this stuff up. I don't know what I don't know what to say. I really don't. The point is that God knows what's going on here today. Not just as a church, but as the individuals who make up this church. And if 90% of us were on fire for God and you were a part of the 10%, one out of every 10 people, you're the one person out of the 10 that's not living right, he would say to you today, repent. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the one whose eyes still blaze. He speaks with truth. He's the only one that can give you the crown of life, allow you to eat from the tree of life in the paradise of God. But if you would only repent, then God would reward you and give you everlasting life here today. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated. 
and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. This April, the greatest story ever told returns to Shepherd Church in Porter Ranch. Come and witness the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ brought to life with new music and new performances. This year's Passion Play Experience features four complete performances under the direction of Chip Hurd with musical direction by Maxie Anderson. Showtimes are Friday, April 8th at 7 p.m., Saturday, April 9th at 6 p.m., and two shows on Sunday, April 10th at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Bring the entire family. This is not a ticketed event, so no purchase is necessary. You won't want to miss the 2022 presentation of The Passion Play. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.